Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Fiction. Science fiction. Horror. Fantasy. Crime. LGBT. You have now entered the House of Mystery with your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino, John Copenhaver, and Al Warren. FM Riverside and 1050 AM Palm Springs. Now joining us on the line is uh, David Alfin, and we're going to be talking about his book Left for Dead. Um, thank you for being here, David. Glad to have uh, or to be on the show, Al. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Um, so now, uh, David. First of all, um, this story. This is a, a quite a, a quite a wild story. Uh, David Larson and and Terry, uh, his wife. How did you get involved in this story? It it, it started when uh, I actually knew Terry um, when she was divorced. She was I wouldn't call her a friend, but she was an acquaintance, and and so I knew her uh, at the time of her abduction. And so I went through the, the process of knowing someone that may have been murdered because when she disappeared, there, was, there didn't seem to be a whole lot of hope for her. So it was a, it was a pretty traumatic thing, even as a, an acquaintance. And then after, after she recovered, I had written a previous book. Um, <clears throat> I asked her if she would uh, well, I want to collaborate on the book, and she said yes. So... That is how the, the book came to being. Wow. So now, what, what was the basic premise of the story? So how did, how did this happen? Now, she, she married this David Larson, and um, things changed quickly. Um, yes. What, what exactly was it that, that changed so much um, in her eyes? I don't, I, I'm not sure anything really changed, but I think what, what it was is that uh, David Larson was was very good at concealing his real uh, motives and uh, what was in his uh, dark heart. 
he really believed that you could run a family like like a commanding officer in the army and if the and if one of your personnel <clears throat> doesn't follow orders they should be punished and so uh things started pretty early that way um on the day of their wedding uh after the ceremony and people were socializing he uh he looked at Terry and said, "Now I own you," oh. <laughs> and uh, and that's and that and that that's kind of how it started. And uh, he really did believe that he, he owned her. Well, and, I, how, uh, and how that long included how, many how long, things? How long did they date before this? Then, like, um, how how long did she know him? She knew him actually a long time. They hung out with friends. They would uh, just sit out late at night and drink beer and then he went uh into the marines <clears throat> where he learned uh military ways at least from his standpoint and um and then when he came back uh he kind of revived his interest in her uh at the same time age-wise her biological clock was running and so um she was kind of looking for someone who was good enough, so to speak. <laughs> mm. Well, So there was no indication that he was kind of uh, had a bad temper or anything like that? He was, uh, he was a, a very, very typical narcissist socially. Life of the party, talkative, um, you know, likes to be the center of attention, a little bit of a show-off, but... Um, she didn't see the dark side of, of his narcissism yet. Mm. So what were some of the things that she had to go through after they got married, after that wedding day? Well, <clears throat> she, she learned that her control in the relationship was almost zero. He had total financial control of everything. He kept uh, strict records of how much or how little money he gave her. One one time he woke her up in, in the dark of night because she was 25 cents off in her uh, accounting of what money he had given her for the week. And she had to go back and remember that she had put a quarter in the rocking horse that her da daughter rode on at the supermarket. So, because <clears throat> he, was, he was very concerned uh, that she may have used that quarter to call someone. Um, he 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 was very very paranoid about the fact that she may not uh, want to be with him, and so he was always looking to uh, make sure that she had no way of contacting people from the outside. Oh, so he was actually trying to isolate her. Oh yes, very much so. They didn't they didn't really have a social life, um, but I mean. Just to give you an idea of what a, a Jekyll and Hyde this David Larson was, he was the president of the church council. He had the people in, in his church believing that he was uh, a good guy to be uh, running the, ch the church government. So mm. <laughs> all, all that was cleverly disguised uh, behind uh, the, the smile and uh, the, the back slapping and all that. Wow. Now, did did she have any family or anything um, like mother, father, she, brother? Yeah, she she grew up in a uh, what I would 
say would be like a, a typical Italian family, you know, uh, close, close knit. Uh, everybody's, you know, loud and talkative and, you know, everybody loves each other. And, uh, I would say she had a very normal life. Um, and I think that that's all she wanted in her life was a normal life, some children and a happy family. And unfortunately, she, she picked the wrong guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but going through some of this emotional and abuse, did, did, did none of her family really pick up on it? The, the father didn't like him right uh, from the very start. Uh, he, he, he thought uh, David was a wise ass and that he was, uh, um, I mean, even on her wedding day, he told her she could, you know, put this thing away and not do it. But uh, it didn't happen. So, no, she actually went against the uh, advice of her parents. Now, now, did their relationship at, at this time, did it become physically abusive? Uh, not that I know of. Uh, oh, well, physically, uh, excuse me. Yes, it did become physically abusive, uh, like on their honeymoon. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. What, what were some of the things he was he was known to do for her or that she claimed he did? Well, he would he would slap her a lot, uh, as if she were like uh, some kind of worthless person. Uh, he they were going to go on a hike in uh, Hawaii, and uh, he wanted her to wear her bikini hiking. And she said, "I'm not going to wear my bikini hiking, and it's not what you wear." And he just like slapped her upside the head, you know, and. She was just devastated. He, I'm not sure he did it really hard, but she did it hard. He did it hard enough that she was really, really crushed by it, and it almost ruined the uh, honeymoon for her. Um, and for her, it, uh, the violence would come in waves. Uh, he'd be, he'd abuse her for a while, and then he wouldn't abuse her for a while when she was pregnant. He wouldn't hit her, but after she was pregnant, it seemed like she was fair, fair game. Uh, so it uh, it just was, you know. However, he felt at the time. Now, 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 I've heard now he used to make her keep the door open when she showered or use the bathroom. Is that true? That wasn't in the book, and that's not anything I know of. Okay, I do yeah. know that. I do know that. Uh, once when he was really starting to get paranoid, he uh, he reversed the locks so that he could lock her in the house. Um, <laughs> she couldn't get out the front door. Wow. <laughs> found, so, found herself cl climbing out the window one day. Oh, God. Um, so how long did she stay married to this guy? Uh, good question. I would say... I'm going to guess six years. Okay. So something like that. Something like that. Okay, that's good. Well, so so how did she get away from him? Um, like, did she like what what initiated her leaving him? Like, well, she her, well she finally yeah well finally the violence was just too much. Plus, he did get arrested for what he did. So 
um, she uh, stayed at a, at a women's center, and they helped her get get started. And she filed for divorce, and uh, he made all kinds of insane claims at, at the divorce trial to try and swing the other way, and uh, the, the judge just wouldn't have any of it. He tried to tried to claim that she was an escort, and uh, I mean, you know, just any anything to throw the people off. <clears throat> but she did get divorced. What? The, the violence occurred on one of her uh, uh, domestic visits for the kids. Um, the the uh, the attack that's in the book uh, occurred uh, when she went to pick up her her daughters at his house, um, and this whole idea of. Um, domestic violence and violent partners. She's had some legislation um, passed in uh, Wisconsin where uh, if a husband or an ex-husband is incredibly violent like David Larson was, the, the wife doesn't necessarily have to go to that person's house to deliver the kids on visits and a judge should decide whether or not visits are even appropriate for people like that because she was attacked when she went inside his house and and she never did want to go into his house but but he conned her to coming in saying oh the daughters are right here and they weren't they were in another room So now, so uh, now she met another guy, um, um, Nick, and uh, yes, she ended up. Did she end up ever getting married to Nick, or how how did that relationship? Yes, yeah, okay. yeah. That 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 was that was a good relationship. Um, Nick Nick is a good guy, and uh, he always, um, you know, tried to take care of Terry. So. Uh, when she was abducted, she was, uh, I think she was dating Nick. I'm not sure if she was married to him yet. Okay. So, so now what was, what was David's, uh, relationship with the new boyfriend or did he know about him? Uh, I don't, I don't think he knew a thing about him. Uh, I had no indication that he actually knew anything about him. Okay. Uh, nor, nor had they met. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure they never met. Okay, so so now when what what was David going to do by abducting Terry? Like, what was his intention? Do you think? What did he want to just kill well, her that, or capture her? <laughs> yeah. That that is an interesting question because um, <clears throat> one of the real blind spot, spots of uh, out of control narcissists is that they. Um, they think people believe every single word they say, and so he think he, he he just thought he could believe he believed he could talk his way out of it. Um, I think he thought that he was going to get rid of Terry, uh, claim ignorance. Oops, she just disappeared. I have no idea where she's going, and I guess I get the daughters now. <laughs> mm. uh, it wasn't a very well laid out plan. No. And how many kids did they have? Uh, 
two. Okay. And then then she had a then she had a third child uh, with Nick. Okay. Sorry, David. If I if I if I may just clarify a point that you made there, because you said you weren't quite sure about his intention for the abduction, but then you later said you thought he was he was probably hoping he would kind of get rid of her and then plead ignorance. So, what would the getting rid of her involved? Do you think? Do you think there was a plan to kill her? I I think yeah. I think he did have a plan to kill her. Uh, uh, just knowing the personality type, uh, he, he probably planned it out. Um. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And, and that uh, no, no one would find her body in there, and therefore they couldn't really, um, uh, you know, put anything out. Is that, out is that a supposition, is that, that? Um, supposition? Is, is is that something that we believe may have happened, or is there evidence to back that up that the intention was to kill her? Well, he denied everything, of course. So uh, I, I think you have to look at um, at the crime and what he did and uh, every, everything that happened. I think you could see that he had. He wanted her dead. Um, th- this this was not an attempt to uh, just hide her for a while. This was an attempt to kill her and um, and conceal where the body was. So I, I, I so, think you so would have to talk us talk us through the crime. What what was it he actually did that then when, would lead to a conviction? Oh well, he uh, he. I mean, he uh, he beat her bloody with a baseball bat, and um, and then put duct tape over her mouth and her nose, and then stuffed her in a garbage can full of snow, and then drove, uh, and then put and then put that garbage can and then sealed that garbage can with duct tape, and then drove it to an unheated storage locker <clears throat> about 40 miles away uh, on January 31st. It was about 15 degrees, and he put her in an unheated storage locker and walked away. And how did how did people find her? The pol- Well, the police immediately uh, 
yanked David Larson out of his uh, job because they they got a a cell phone message, a garbled message that they couldn't quite understand from from Terry, and, and so they went over there, uh, the police, and they they found the place just the living room was covered in blood, uh, and so they immediately. Uh, um, pulled David Larson out of his job and took him down to the police station and started questioning him. But he claimed ignorance. Wow. Um, <clears throat> well, w w w so how did she actually uh, get out of, from being? Because uh, she obviously lived through this. The, po the police found a, found a, a receipt uh, to to a storage locker. Okay. And in his wallet, and they 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 called the, the locker, and uh, or the, and it was it was a, it was like a, a kid who was just minding the store there, and they asked him if he could hear anything. He said yes, and he, they said call nine one one. And after that, there was a gigantic convoy of police cars from Illinois and Wisconsin uh, going to this uh, place in uh, near the near the Illinois border. Yeah. Now, now you talk about the um, uh, what happens to uh, people that are abused and what happens to male abusers themselves. Um, what can you tell us about um, what resources are there for someone like Terry? Well, uh, it, it it depends on the size of the of the metropolitan area where they live. The, the larger cities have quite a few more. Uh, resources than than small areas, but in la in large towns, uh, they have like action groups, and they're they're it's a collection of some of the the, the big players in town, and so you'd have a police captain, you'd have a uh, a district attorney, you'd have a a, a, psych a psychiatrist, you'd have a psychologist, you'd have a real estate tycoon, and all these people would be available anytime there was a a, a major crisis. For instance, um, if there was a woman whose whose life was in danger, um, the the people in this in this power group, so to speak, would uh, put together their resources, and the DA would say, "Okay, I'll." Uh, I'll, I'll call the police and uh, make sure they 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 find this guy and uh, the real the real estate guy goes uh, yeah I know I've got at least one apartment where she could stay for a month or two and um, you know they they kind of go together like a super team to help the uh, the victims especially the ones that are you know suffering from uh, imminent harm from someone and so there's that um and of course at the at the centers the women's centers um which is the the mainstay of of what helps women throughout the country it's a combination there's there's counseling for the kids there's counseling for the the women and uh they do everything including trying to find them work because a lot of the women who come out of these situations are financially destitute. 
And as for the abuser and someone like uh, like uh, like this guy here, um, what what happened to him? And then kind of what what do do we counsel people like that, or what? Where do yes. they go? Well, uh, first of all, David Larson uh, is put away for life, uh, attempted murder, transporting across state lines. It was a, a number of things. But as far as the bu- abusers, it's very interesting. I had a long talk <clears throat> with a with a psychologist who uh, worked with uh, court ordered abusers. These are guys who they're not in jail, they've, but they've been bad, and they now have to go through uh, six months of uh, of therapy and so I just naively asked her I say uh, so do they meet with you uh, you know once a week and she says no 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 we don't we don't meet with me we meet in a group and I'm thinking okay we meet in a group and we all just kind of talk about it and everything is fine and and uh, so I, I I asked her so why uh, why do you uh, um have guys uh, in a group, and she says, oh, that's easy, role models. And I'm thinking, what are you talking about? Oh, no. A brand new guy who comes in there is going to see guys who really are on the straight and narrow and and actually hearing success stories. That means a lot more than talking to a psychologist. So what happens is the brand new guy comes in, <clears throat> and the psychologist says, oh, Joe, glad you're here. Uh, come on in. You don't have to do anything. I just want you to sit down. I just want you to listen. I want you to take everything in. We'll have you say something next week. But for now, you've done all you, ha- all you have to do the first session is just be here. Have a seat and relax. And they get to see the format. And they get to hear these guys say, yeah, you know, I had a pretty good week until someone said this to me and I kind of lost it. And I knew I shouldn't have done that, but, you know, I did. And now uh, I've had to, you know, tell them I'm sorry. But uh, <clears throat> so these, these guys go on for six months and they actually can renew if they want to. So at the end of my uh, interview with this uh, psychologist, I said, what uh, what percentage of these guys who get through the program, the six months, are okay? And she blew my mind because she said, oh, at least 80%. She changes minds. Now, people that are excluded from her group are the sexual abusers. Those, those guys are put in a whole separate category. But of the guys who uh, are abusive physically like that and get through the whole program, she said, at least 80%. And I, and I was really surprised. But you see, when you're working with narcissists, the big hurdle is to get them to go to therapy. <laughs> yeah. and, and they won't do it because... It it go it goes completely against their personality. Why do I need someone to tell me how I should act? Right, right. So, you, so you think that the programs are pretty successful and they're they're a good thing? Sure. If 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 the guys uh, uh, go through go through the program, yes, absolutely. 
um, they they have a 24 seven uh, phone number they can call at the uh, um, hotline and someone will pick up and someone qualified to talk to them will be talking to them right away um, <clears throat> they they don't really have a relationship with the um, uh, psychologist who runs the group other than the fact that they see them once a week with the group yeah uh, now so when you wrote this book what, what were you hoping that people would get out of the book I was hoping that people would see uh, various ways where they could get involved in uh, fighting this problem because there's a lot of people that are are necessary um, to get things done um, um, Chet, for in, for instance, the uh, women's centers uh, always have a need for household items uh, and and uh, things for women. So they always have a need for paper towels and shampoo and women's products and uh, you know kit, uh, kit food and canned goods. All that, uh, all those kind of items. Uh, are things that come off their operating budget as far as what they need to purchase. And so if, if you're, if you're giving household goods and, you know, necessary personal items to, to people, you are in effect giving cash to these women's centers because they would normally have to purchase that stuff anyway. So, um, people could get involved with that. Um, they're, they're always looking for people to either answer the phones or to become volunteers for hotlines. Uh, they're also looking for people that will uh, be um, trained so that they can be a. Uh, oh, I can't. I can't remember the the term, but there's a, there's a term for a, a a helper among the organization that gets attached to a. Uh, a victim and they walk them through everything uh, like calling them the day before a court date and say okay we got to do this and this and this do you need a ride uh, is there anything I can do they, they help them all, the whole time the, the, the uh, abused woman does not have to do uh, a, a lot of the searching for the stuff they, they have staff people who will walk them through that and so um a person who wants to volunteer could could start by answering the phones and eventually graduate to helping uh, uh, victims. So there's there's quite there's quite a few uh, different areas where people get involved to support these organizations. Wow. Now now, do you have a website, or is there a website uh, dedicated to this or to your book? No, I'm just I'm no, just available I'm just... on Kindle. Um, oh, by the way, the, the, the title of the book now is Beaten and Left for Dead. Um, this is a second publishing under a second publisher. So uh, the, the new title is Beaten and Left for Dead. Fantastic. And you're working on something new now? or? Oh, I'm, I, I just published a, a book of political cartoons uh, titled Donnie and Kimbo Unhinged. Uh, it's a, it's a parody of a uh, famous leader Donnie visiting his friend uh, Kimbo, 
uh, <laughs> and uh, just all kinds of shenanigans going on uh, as uh, Donnie takes his vacation and there's insults back and forth and it's uh, it's madness. It's uh, it's a little bit off the wall. Well, you better be careful. You might get a lot of hate mail from that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's all in good fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a pretty amazing story. Now, we're going to have your book, and we'll have uh, that right on our website so people listening can just go one click, pick up the book. Oh, thanks. Uh, again, now the book is called uh, Beaten and Left for Dead. And it's, Beaten uh, and Left for Dead. Perfect story of... Uh, Terry Gendusa Nikolai, I guess. Gen, Gendusa. Gendusa Nikolai. Gendusa Nikolai, yes. Perfect. Great. Um, well, thank you. Our, our guest has been David Afflin. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you very much, Al. Appreciate it. To find out more about our show, guests, or to listen to past shows from our archive, please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com. Show is over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back. You've been listening to the House of Mystery Radio Show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show is over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.